0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Last fall, Renee moved from Singapore to Los Angeles to be with her partner April. April calls it a grand gesture of love, and it certainly is that. But it was also confusing to a lot of people, because Renee and April aren't in a romantic relationship at all.
1: I think we were getting a little bit of not judgment but rather just questions kind of like wow, this is a grand gesture to do <laughs> for somebody that I feel like they wouldn't say those things if if me and her were romantic, romantic. partners, mm-hmm. if I was her boyfriend, right? They would be like, oh yeah, that's normal. You should go move to be with your like, romantic partner because you are probably going to start a life together or whatever. But when you say it as like a best friend, Suddenly that changes what they expect the relationship to be, right?
0: They've been best friends since they were teenagers, and they now consider themselves platonic life partners. But most of our society does not recognize that as a thing. Now Committed is a podcast about love stories, and here's the thing. April and Renee's story is a love story. We talk so much about romantic love in our culture. We see romantic love in movies. You had me at hello. And books. So many songs. My heart, and, late, darling, you love, and yet we rarely talk about the kinds of lifelong friendships, lifelong friendship love that is the backbone of our lives, the kind of love that often lasts much, much longer than romantic love. I'm Joe Piazza, and this is Committed. We start every committed episode with a couple's meet-cute, and this one is no exception.
1: It was kind of, we met through
2: like a mutual friend, and it was a funny story, it's, Renee can yeah. tell. That's April. The mutual friend was actually my previous or ex-best friend, and my ex-best friend was talking about this girl called April in her class, and I was like, this girl's going to steal, steal my best friend away from me.
0: <laughs> and that's Renee.
2: And then, funnily enough, I was the one who got stolen away. So, (laughs) thanks, (laughs) Corinne. Yeah, shout out, (laughs) Corinne.
0: Yeah, that is something that only happens with girls, I think. Boys would never feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) transfer over. Yeah, but with girls, we're so territorial. We're like, no, she's mine. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think our friendship has taught us a lot about mature, secure friendship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And growing out of that phase, yeah, that was... But we were definitely in that phase for a Mm -hmm. while i mean like oh my god we were inseparable yeah
2: literally spent like 24 7 (laughs) together like seven days a week from monday to friday in school saturday tuition and sun and sunday church at that time but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: at that point our families obviously knew we were each other's best friends they started becoming friends because we would have dinners together Mm. we would Merge our families at yes. Christmases and Chinese mm-hmm. New Year's, and then we went for on a couple vacations together with each other's family. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, it was already pretty much like family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So, tell me a little bit about how you guys decided that you wanted to be life partners, but platonic life partners. I mean, was this something that you had seen before or heard about before? And, the, How do you make that decision?
1: Man, it's such a long story because it's not so much like a a moment that we made the decision, but this was like over a decade for us to slowly grow toward each other.
0: The pandemic really sped things up for the relationship because like a lot of people during the pandemic, they suddenly had the chance to be selective about who each of them wanted to be with and how they wanted to spend their time.
1: During the pandemic, when we were both locked up in our houses, me in LA and Renee in Singapore, we just gravitated towards wanting to talk to only each other every day. And Mm. then I was also starting to reanalyze my future. And I realized, one, how much easier it is to move through this world with a partner, right? Mm. In terms of like sharing finances, rent is so expensive, someone to look after your pet when you're like trying to make moves in, in the career as a woman, someone to share your calories at dinner. I don't know, (laughs) dumb shit. We just like, I want a partner. However, I never felt that way with any of my romantic partners.
0: I want to let this sink in for a moment. Life is easier to go through with a partner. But here's the question. Why does that person have to be a romantic partner? Why does the same person that we have romantic feelings for, who we have physical closeness with, Why does that person have to be our life partner?
1: I had multiple romantic partners, some long term and still never really envisioned myself sharing a future with them. I would I would date someone four years and still be like, I do not trust you to open a bank account with me. (laughs) But I feel this way about Renee. And I always have. I always trusted her. I was like, I wouldn't want to buy a house with anybody else like why are we not tapping into this connection more? Like, why are we not making each other a bigger part of each other's lives? Like, why are we waiting for some romantic partner to come in to have that with? It didn't feel right, but when we talked about it with each other, we suddenly got excited about our future, and it just
0: clicked. Mm. Renee was just about to graduate from university in Singapore, and she was starting to evaluate whether or not she wanted to stay there. More on her decision after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. April and Renee were each other's person. They'd been inseparable since childhood, their families spent holidays together, and they really wanted to start a life together.
2: Like talking with April and really delving further into our relationship at that point of time with so much, yeah, so many conversations over Zoom. We just realized we wanted to be with each other and that's when we started making moves to really try to get me here. Yeah.
0: And you're in LA, you're in Singapore, you guys decided, you're like, no, we're going to be in the same place. We have to be in the same place. What was the process to get that done?
2: I think, it. okay, so
1: do you want to talk about you leaving Singapore and why?
2: Yeah. I mean, I felt... I mean like I said just now with Singapore being really small and there's a set path laid out for you and I could see my whole future set out for me like once I graduate I have to get a job then maybe find a boyfriend then apply for this housing grant and then have a child and I was thinking do I actually want those things or has it just been set in me to want those things and I wanted to be more mindful of my choices to really like choose because, to make those choices because I wanted to. And I felt like in Singapore, I couldn't make mistakes and I couldn't go off from that set path. Yeah. I think to give some context to this as well, Singapore only
1: provides these subsidized housing grants if you are in a nuclear family. So what Mm. they mean is a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. And you would have to be married or going to get married in order to apply for this housing. Mm -hmm. There's not really a renting culture for singles Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really leave you a lot of space to figure out your independence and also just what you want if your lifestyle might be alternative from the norm. And me, I had moved to LA when I was 19 by myself and I think that sped up a lot of my growth and mm-hmm. self-exploration and it was something that I would constantly come back and share with Renee mm-hmm. and at the time of the pandemic I, I'm still in school right now and I was in school during the pandemic so I was like I can't leave to be with you mm-hmm. and I'm exactly where I need to be you know I'm chasing my dreams I want to be a filmmaker and if you don't think that Singapore's for you why not you come here and be with me live mm-hmm. with me and you can see what it's like To live independently and also have all this space to really figure out what you want to do. Like, possibilities are, like, literally endless Mm -hmm. and even more so when the two of us are together.
0: Yeah. And so you you make this big move. It's a big deal. Moving across the world is a huge deal. How do you decide to be platonic life partners instead of just, just roommates? What's the difference?
2: All right. <laughs> but you get this a lot. Mm-hmm. She's
1: got a yeah. yeah, we get this all the time. So the way that we describe our platonic life partnership, and this is just unique to us. I'm sure there are other kinds of platonic life partnerships out there, but for us, it's basically a relationship like best friends, but with the commitment like that of a marriage in terms mm-hmm. of combining our futures, combining mm-hmm. our finances, combining towards like. Shared goals and knowing that if we wanted to start a family, it would a hundred percent be with each other because that's how much we trust each other and how much our values align and it's it's making each other our first of kin and that's something we choose and that's something we feel and it, it just came so organically that she is my plus one forever and like that's mm. how I feel right now, and no romantic partner has ever change that or challenge that and i'm like both of us are so confident about it because one it's been 12 13 years (laughs) after 10 you just stop counting right
2: (laughs) throughout the years we kept referring to each other as best friends soulmates twin Mm -hmm. flames and we never really found something that conveyed that that commitment that we had for each other and we had never really put into action that commitment either until like yeah i moved moved here here, yeah and then Mm -hmm. that's when the conversations really started kicking off and april was like reading articles about boston marriages yeah yes 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 yes, yes.
0: i okay april i need you to explain you discovered this thing called the boston marriages that described how women in the 19th century lived with and were quote partnered with other women they were practically married Tell me, tell me everything you know, because it is fascinating to me.
1: I read an article that basically said Boston marriages were a thing back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when women started having rights, right, and then being able to be educated. And a lot of these women were now realizing, oh, shit, if I to continue my studies, I cannot get married. Because if I get married to a man, I'm going to have to give up all of those, like, all my academic and career goals and basically stay home and be a mom and a homemaker, they felt that the best way to pursue their own goals were to marry and live with other women and still be able to have that companionship, come home to someone and still have friendship and companionship in your life, but still make yourself a priority and go for your goals. And that just immediately aligned with how I was feeling. I think I had always felt... At that point I'd only been in serious relationships with men and I always felt like focusing on me or my career would one, just either like compromise on the romantic relationship that I had in whatever way because some partners felt intimidated. I wasn't making them a priority. A lot of things I started to feel, yeah, in order to go after what I
2: wanted, I don't know, it just, it didn't fit into my story. Platonic Life partnership, we don't have to feel burdened to each other in terms of romantic, like keeping that romantic spark alive. It's yeah. really pursuing our independent journeys, and it happens to be so intertwined and so parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're growing together. Yeah. yeah. Like the move towards ourselves is very much a move towards each other. Exactly. As well. Like neither one of us
1: pursuing our own dreams is going to take away mm-hmm. from our relationship. Yeah. And that's something kind of like that we've never felt with anybody else. Mm-hmm
0: more on how they actually got this done, the nitty gritty, the logistics of it, after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. How have you intertwined your lives? Have you gotten real estate together? Have you combined your bank accounts? What is the nitty gritty
1: of this? Oh my gosh. I mean, she just
2: got here. So I think the past six months have been such a whirlwind in terms of just like- <laughs> Settling down, figuring out the, the new dynamic of us being physically together. Exactly. Co-owning, exactly. Co-parenting a cat together. Yeah,
1: creating, we, we share a studio apartment. So it's important to us that we both have our own spaces mm. in this studio apartment. So That's been our focus in terms of making sure that she has a little nook and we have separate bedrooms, quote-unquote bedrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And then the physical space, helping her find her footing. Mm. Because like you said, moving across the world is just a huge deal. And I remember what that was like. And she just dumped her whole life in Singapore (laughs) and came
2: here. So it's finding new friends, finding Mm -hmm. new interests, finding where she fits in LA. like having my life be be more than just April and this house yeah, as well like yeah. which I feel like we didn't necessarily have when we were kids and we just were like in that toxic like codependent, codependent relationship but now yeah. it's much more interdependent as yeah, well. yeah yeah
1: and then in terms of finances we are applying for a joint credit card however that process is a little bit questionable when it's two friends. Mm. So we will keep you updated on how that process is. But the first step is a joint credit card before we decide on a joint bank account because we're not sure too if we're going to stay in America, especially after I graduate. Mm.
0: April and Renee have had to hone their skills of communication, just like any couple in a committed relationship.
1: If anything more, I feel like we have to rely on communication more. We don't really have any physical chemistry. We don't touch each other or there's no, like, and sometimes in a romantic relationship when you're feeling angry or when you're in a tense conversation, just a like a hug or a cuddle or what a kiss or whatever can help
2: ease the tension but with five years of long distance Mm -hmm. in our friendship we've really honed in on our communication and I think it also helps that our love languages are both primarily words of affirmation so Mm -hmm. I think we rely on our words much more than that physical touch as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and that's really
1: great because I think it first makes us really think about what we're feeling, Mm. right? And examine further into our feelings and then be and then learn how to express it Mm. to the other person
2: but in a way that shows love. Yeah, and doesn't feel like we're attacking each other. I think we've created this dynamic where we see the problem as two of us against the problem or just presenting both our sides that doesn't feel like like just because I'm feeling this way doesn't mean that
0: I'm attacking you. And it's just (laughs) making sure that we
2: validate each other's feelings before Mm. coming up with a solution or a compromise or so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. The women's families have been incredibly supportive of their choices.
2: I think our families are really supportive. They've they've seen us grow throughout these 12 13 uh, years. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think they just want us to be happy. They really do see how we enrich in each other's lives, how like yeah, how like close we've gotten over the years and how we really just make each other better through this whole process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was not in a good place in the pandemic at all. And I think just since Renee moved here, my life has been going I don't know, it's been growing and going so fast Mm. and in the the best way possible. I think we both feel very energized by Mm. each other and our parents can see that. Like just in the short time that she's been here, I feel like me and Renee have accomplished (laughs) a lot. And it's like more so every day that passes and every little thing that we accomplish, they get even more and more secure and happy for us. Because Mm. I think in the beginning, they might have been a little bit like, we don't quite understand, Mm. but we know that you guys love each other. So you do
2: you kind of thing. But both of families are like, Unconventional, like unconventional in the sense of I have a single mom, and then she also has a single mom, but with the godpa situation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a little
2: complicated. So like, I think they they under they've seen how the institution of marriage, like traditional marriages and relationships, don't necessarily always pan out. Yeah, and I think if this is the relationship that is the like the most stable, exactly the most stable, the one that we want to pursue, then I think that that's what we're just happy for us for that.
0: So how? And what have you talked about? How will you each tackle romantic relationships? How will you explain to potential romantic partners that this is, this is actually your person? <laughs> I mean,
2: honestly, having this platonic life partnership has been kind of like a lot easier and like takes a lot of pressure off of dating Yeah. because now we don't have to date with the with the mindset of companionship we're not dating okay what's the future gonna be are we compatible Mm -hmm, with our life mm -hmm. goals Mm -hmm. our values blah 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 blah. when i already have this primary partner with april and once if you kind of just establish that yes i do have a a platonic life partnership then you allows you to focus solely on the romantic connection and yeah just basically how that person makes you feel mm. and basically allows room for
1: that romantic connection to just move and grow mm. in whatever connect in whatever direction that it needs to, yeah, without you kind of like guiding it toward marriage or like a long-term situation. I think a misconception that we get is that, well, oh, we're only looking for short- term mm. temporary romantic partners then, or something like that, and how is that fair to the romantic partner? But it's really not that. We're not closing off the idea mm. of a long-term committed romantic partner. Mm. It's just we're, that's not our goal. Mm. So it's, if that happens, great. It will yeah. happen naturally. And there is space for that to happen without any pressure mm-hmm. on either side. Because we both are so sure now, I'm not with this person because I'm lonely. Mm. Or because it's convenient. In fact, I'm in a, in a committed romantic relationship right now where it's not convenient because it's long distance. He's in New York. But I'm in it because I know that I want it. Mm. I know that he adds to my life. How and I'm not pressuring it to go any any certain direction because I feel so secure in where I am in my life, and that's a huge credit to my platonic life partnership.
0: What did you say to your your, your current boyfriend now when you explain this? And it's just they're feeling they're feeling good.
1: Yeah, I mean like. I'm pretty forthcoming about everything in my life, pretty open as a person. And I make it known that Renee is pretty much my number one. And I think it's funny because like when I had met him and when we had first started dating, Renee hadn't moved here yet. And so I actually think that our relationship at that point in time wasn't as healthy as it is now because mm. Renee is here and I'm not needing more than he can provide especially when we're long distance even more so this platonic life partnership is perfect for the romantic partnership that i'm in and vice versa because it is a it's i'm really exercising that not one person can fill all my needs Mm -hmm. and therefore i'm getting different things out of different relationships yeah yeah and he's completely okay with that i think it takes pressure off of him as well and it makes him build his own support system outside mm-hmm. of me as well. And that's I think that's super healthy.
0: Do you guys know that when you have children, you want to do it together? You feel really strongly about that?
2: Yeah, yeah I think at of this point of time, we don't see ourselves necessarily adopting or, or having a child. But if we do have a child or raise a child, it would be together.
0: Yeah, yeah, Renee and April, like many modern women, decided to talk about their new relationship status on TikTok. And their decision to have a platonic life partnership went completely gonzo viral. Tell me about the decision to go on TikTok in the first place with this. And then also, what has the reaction been like?
2: Oh, man. I think, I mean, Abel was on TikTok before we started posting about because she was doing TikTok in LA before I had come, I had come over, and then we just happened to have filmed like the moment of reuniting, and mm-hmm. I think such that genuine moment resonated with a lot of people reuniting after the whole pandemic. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think that's when people started asking questions or like yeah, and we started talking about more about the platonic life partnership aspect because we we do feel like we have things to share and things to say about our relationship. Yeah, I think
1: it was also hearing. At the point of time when Renee was about to move and I was telling people about it, she was telling people about it. I think we were getting a little bit of not judgment, but rather just like, you know, questions kind of like, wow, this is a grand gesture to do for somebody (laughs) that I feel like they wouldn't say those things. If me and her were romantic Romantic. partners, Mm -hmm. if I was her boyfriend, right, they would be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You should go move to be with your like, romantic because you are probably going to start a life together or whatever. But when you say it as like a best friend, suddenly that changes yeah. what they expect the relationship to be, right? And how much they expect you to do for someone like a best friend. And mm-hmm. and then also just like that moment of reunion. And then also our first few weeks together and, and really tapping into that excitement of being together. I was like, I need to share this because I don't know how many other people out there probably feel this kind of connection with their best friend, but are scared to pull the trigger on committing to a life with them for whatever mm. reason. Sometimes it's just you still want that romantic partner thing. Mm. Sometimes there's there's social norms to follow and this is outside of the social norm and or like, it just didn't never really just occur- occurred occur to them. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Like one of them. So you asked about the reception. I think the initial first reception was a lot of women, being like, why the fuck have I... Na- can I swear on the show? Yes, you
0: can, you can. We can beep you. Okay. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, people were like, why the fuck have I not heard about this before? Yeah. And I was like, right, even though it's such a natural, intuitive, almost like simple thought, mm-hmm. it came so naturally to me and Renee, and mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, why haven't we heard about this? Because all we've, especially in Singapore... All we hear about when you grow up is just the man, woman, child, get married, all that kind of stuff. And you never really see these alternative partnerships as something that you could do. And I think we had to find that for ourselves and then for, for us in order to tell other people like, hey, this is an option for you too.
0: What
2: is your best advice for people, other people who want to do this? I think it's to just, I mean, we don't want people to just suddenly find a new variation of the one, the one being the best friend, the one. Yeah. And I think it's really just opening your mind to what's the most empowering relationship in your life. And if your life goals, all of these conversations that need to be had, even with any sort of marriage, if those values and things align, then yeah, like have the courage and just pull that trigger and yeah.
0: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. A very special thanks to Renee and April. Committed is produced by Ramsey Yont. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's j o at committedpodcast.com. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books.